Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. It's us, the FNO InsureTech guys back with another intriguing, interesting, storytelling episode of FNO InsureTech, your top source for all things InsureTech. Today, we have an amazing episode. We do. It is a news-filled, amazing episode. We were um, reading the newspaper a few weeks ago. (laughs) That just yeah, that's not a thing anymore. There is no newspapers. There are no newspapers. Uh, reading the newspaper, and we saw a story come across the press about old friends of ours, two Better past View, guests, Better View, and that they had been acquired by NearMap. Did you read that story, Lee? I read that story. It was a great story, and I thought, wow, two past guests, two past companies who have been on the podcast are coming together. And they're going to change the world. That's, That's exactly right. what I thought. That's right. Pat, Patrick Quigley and team mm-hmm. pulled the trigger on an acquisition, perfectly natural combination of companies, uh, and added Better View, a very, very interesting company. And yeah. so because of our enormous network in the insured mm-hmm. tech community, I think Lee and I counted, we know nine people in the InsureTech community now. Is it Mm -hmm. nine? Are we up to nine? Nine, nine and a half, something like that. Well, we reached out to the only one that we really need to know, and that's Astrid. (laughs) Just true. Because she knows everybody. That's the one that everyone should know in the industry. That's right. And if you don't know Astrid, that's okay. She knows you. Yes. She knows all about you. We said, yo, Astrid. We need to, we need one of these guys to come tell us the story. We got to hear it. Bada bing, bada boom. David Lyman, CEO, co-founder, with the other Dave of Better View, is mm-hmm. on the podcast today. Here today to talk about the big news, the big announcement that came out. I think December fifth, and he's going to talk all about it. But first, he's going to talk about Better View and the story and the and the and the critical pivot that happened and then where we are today. So I'm excited to talk to him. He's a, he's a great guy to talk to. If you like a happy ending mm-hmm. and you like a, a story with a pivot in it, don't press pause on this don't podcast. Go anywhere. This don't is your go podcast. Anywhere. This is the one you've been waiting for. This is it. <laughs> so without further ado, these two yo-yos will go to the interview room with David Lyman, CEO and co-founder at BetterView. Hey, everybody. We are here with our guest, a special guest, a first-timer on our show, though the company is not the first time. And we have with us David Lyman, co-founder, CEO at BetterView, now part of the NearMap family, Welcome to FNO InsureTech. Welcome, David. 
Thank you. Glad to be here. Happy to have you on. We have been trying to get you on. In fact, we talked at ITC and I was bothering you and bugging you about getting you on and, and you graciously said yes to try to get me to leave. It worked. (laughs) And I had no idea, of course, that an acquisition was about, I just wanted to have you guys on to talk about better view and what you do and what's going on and, and so on and so forth. You, you guys have really made a big splash over the last few years, but the bigger splash kind of just happened, right? Yeah, it did. And uh, I apologize for ghosting you after ITC a bit. I was uh, had some stuff I couldn't talk about, but uh, I reached out obviously right after we uh, announced and said, hey, <laughs> ready to chat. So uh, now that now that the cat's out of the bag. Well, congratulations. Yes, Thank congratulations. Thank you very much. We're really excited to join the NearMap family. And, you know, I think, you know, so NearMap, we've been working with them for over five years now and know the company and, and their data incredibly well. And so, you know, it just became really clear to us that the, the combination, the, the one plus one equals three or five or 10 yeah. really existed in this case. There's there's just so many complementary capabilities and, and really in a, in a shared mission at hand. So um, it really allows both companies kind of to keep doing more of what we were doing, but just have more, you know, great, better resources. And, and quite frankly, it's a better experience overall for our customers by bringing these two things together. So we were excited about that. Let's take a walk down memory lane first to kind of lead up to how you got to the big day, the big announcement um, over the last several weeks. And so tell us a little bit about you and, and you're, you're not an insurance guy by blood like the other David, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So look, Dave and I knew each other before we started Better View. You, know, you mentioned Dave is uh, by blood, literally grew up in the, the business uh, through a family inspection company that his dad had started before he was born. He worked in the business and eventually took it over and kept growing it. And eventually they sold uh, in a private equity roll up. So now today, uh, uh, Alpine Intel. You know, but Dave really knew the inspections world inside and out and has had a love of technology. And I come from a technology background. You know, I started my career, I first of all studied electrical engineering and then uh, started my career at Accenture working for oil and gas clients on on various uh, technology initiatives, especially around SAP, custom apps for developing oil fields. And then I, one of my best friends growing up convinced me that we should quit our jobs. And he was an investment banker at JP Morgan. He's like, quit my job and we're starting an internet startup. And I thought he was crazy, but I said, you know, what I was year, what year was this? What year this was this? Back in like 07. Yeah, back then. So, but anyway, so, you know, Mark and I started the startup and we ended up, you know, integrating in the Facebook platform, got pulled out to California for what we thought was going to be a summer in 09 and, and had some great, you know, batch mates for companies like, uh, Mentioned became TaskRabbit and and uh, Lyft. Wow, <laughs> so it's an interesting, you know, wow. company. It was, it was it was such a fertile environment. We thought, you know, we're we're not leaving, so we ended up staying and and but ultimately ended up getting acquired. Worked for our acquirer, but you know, I got the itch again to start another company. And Dave and I got together in 2014. We were both exploring using drones to to inspect property. So what I knew is that I understood technology and how to take lots of data, distill it down into insight and build software to make it actionable because that was kind of the common thread of my last, you know, my, my, my first two career experiences, but I didn't know anything about building inspections. So one of our, one of our mutual friends said, Hey, you guys know each other and you're both talking about drones and property inspections, get together and figure this out. 
<laughs> so we just decided, hey, well, let's um, let's test it out. And, and from Dave's experience, what he told me he was running into is he's inspecting all these commercial buildings. That was the, the primary focus, especially in the later years for his inspection business. And the problem was that the, the roof losses were just killing them. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I found some roof damage on my you know roof of my house in Tahoe. And the roofer had just been up there two months earlier and totally missed it. So it's like, this could be it. Let's explore this problem. And we just said, you know, let's see if we can get anyone to pay us for it and, and just do some roof inspections using drone. So we found that we, we, got, we got some traction there and we kept building it up. We built some technology around it. But a few years went by and we, you know, we had raised some money and hired a team and built some interesting tech. But we found like we were not in a great business. <laughs> we were, yeah. kind of said, hey. Uh, it was a better was, idea than it was a yeah, business. Yeah. Well, and, and it served the purpose. People loved the output. But they wouldn't buy a lot of it because it was too expensive and slow, you know. And and so said, okay, well, how can we like come at this pro like same problem? What like what are we trying to solve? Roof loss issues, another kind of virtualized property inspection. And that's actually when we went and kind of explored other ways that we could not send a drone pilot out because autonomous flight was a dream for the future, still is. And so anyway, so what we ended up doing is is kind of scouring the landscape and reached out to the folks at NearMap and said, hey, your imagery looks good. Can we license some of it? And <laughs> and, and built, uh, built and basically kind of took our existing customer base and started offering them up. Hey, instead of using the drone, let's use this NearMap imagery as the base for the inspection. We started seeing that really gain a lot of interest. And I'd say, you know, within less than a year of, of releasing that, we had more revenue <laughs> and committed contracts for sure around that product and and you know maybe another six months or so later we just decided to drop the drone altogether and that was an underwriting product correct yeah absolutely yeah so so that and and, and that goes back to you know, that was what dave was selling into is loss control you know uh post spine inspections that they were they were serving as the you know out of house uh contractor along with many other firms so we we just basically were doing the same thing with drones but quite frankly also that's where we started the current you know version of our product that's based off of pre-captured aerial imagery, specifically near map and then and then others over time. And so let's just pause for a second and explain to us what what it is that you do and produce. Just quickly. Yeah. So what we have is a we so we built computer vision technology to take imagery and understand what's in the image that might be interesting and useful for inspection use cases for PNC insurers. So what, what we're doing is we're identifying where the structures are, where the vegetation is, and, and where the structures are, we do a lot of, we look for a variety of different things that are, that are important about roof condition, quality. Like we'll identify if it's a flat roof or a steep slope roof, what the material is and, and so on. But the other thing it then does is looking for conditions of, of wear. Um, as we progress, we even go back and look at past imagery and, and determine maybe the roof was replaced at some point in time are there solar panels and then then going like the pool on the property or the trampoline the vegetation to try to, especially in, in cases of wildfire so those are the kinds of things that we were able to see through computer vision and then we have a software platform around that that allows for a combination of automated and manual workflows so the automated workflows you, you, customers can go in there and set up uh, rules to say hey there's certain things i care about so let me know anytime i see those or the, the system sees that uh, and then maybe we can just like straight through process everything else. Uh, and then on the on the uh, manual side, we have this really deep uh, this this browser that allows you to look at a property and, and not just the aerial imagery and 
computer vision detections around that, but all the other associated data like building permits and valuations and, and uh, weather data um, uh-huh. all in kind of one spot. So it's a platform for analysis. That's correct. That's correct. You also produce a score. Is that right? It's not just providing the data, but in some cases you kind of give a score. Yeah. So a few different scores around the roof quality, around the risk of a future loss due to wind, hail. And then we also do that for wildfire. You know, I think what, we're, what, we're, what we've always tried to do is, is take the, the insight and then kind of distill it down into answers and, and really allowing our customers to drive action off of it in a more streamlined, convenient way. Okay. So you were saying that about five years ago, as you guys made this major pivot, is that fair to say it was a major yeah. pivot? Yeah, it was. It's funny, you know. At the time, we didn't want to call it a pivot because it was, like, you know, it, it was almost an admission of failure. Yeah. And then we started seeing some of our other like drone uh, competitors uh, go under, and we're like, right. "Wow, we really pivoted that. We pivoted hard. We're, we're you know." <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can call it a pivot then. We call it. We, we, then we celebrated the pivot, but uh, you can say it was, it was for a long pivot, time. No, you can yeah. say Kespri. Go ahead yeah. and say Kespri. Yeah, now Kespri and Airware and and, mm-hmm. and a handful of others who had raised far more money than we had, and I, I look, I think to an extent, like because we were lean, I, we estimate that we we burnt about five million dollars. Some of those companies raised over a hundred million and and went completely belly up, and so maybe maybe it was because we were just really more more sensitive and we just couldn't spend that much. We saw the writing on the wall and and made the move and did it pretty hard. But it's funny with the pivot thing, you almost feel like it's an admission of failure, but we didn't care. We just wanted to survive. But once it felt like, man, that was completely validated, then, you you know, it's uh, hindsight's uh, (laughs) 50-50. Sorry, hindsight's 20-20. Hindsight's 20-20. I I mean, it, it was one of those things you decided, we don't really care how we get the data, right? We don't care how we get the images. We just want to, we just want to work with them. That's a really great point, Lee. I, you know, we came at it from like the, the problem first. We just didn't really care how we solved it so much as long as it was, we knew we had to do it scalably. Like I think when you start out, it doesn't have to be completely scalable and you, you can work your way into it. But, but we, we fell in love with the problem and not the solution. And um, so all of our identity was around knowing the problem space so well. And, and the folks that were, were experiencing those problems and, and I say we, you know, Dave was fortunate to bring me into that world, but, but I, you know, learned a lot along the way and knew the right questions to ask with them. And, you know, one of the interesting things when, when we were going out, when we first started Betterview, Dave was still running, it was called RSI, his family's inspection business. And our first customers were RSI customers. And we would, he would go out and go on sales calls and bring me with him. So we talk about RSI, their RSI business and we say, hey, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this Betterview thing that we just started up. And that's how we got our, our first customers. So in the process, which is really helpful, like it gave us a great, you know, credibility, a jumpstart. Sure. sure. But I'd come out of these meetings. I was like, hey, Dave, let's talk about for a second, the first part of that meeting about RSI. It's like, I said, everyone is just going after you guys on, you know, price and time service. And, and I said, I said, you know, I, that's kind of, I don't know that you can really deliver both. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's kind of a problem here. So that was an interesting learning and saying, like, we really got to figure out a way to not just improve the the cost on this by 10% or 20%, like with the drones in our in our world. Yeah. We needed to figure out like an order of magnitude or two orders of magnitude improvement over the, the traditional inspection process. And did you get there? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. I, I love 
I love what you just said when you said we fell in love with the problem, not the solution. What a simple but important lesson that is, right? For so many entrepreneurs. And you think about, you know, some of the names that previous drone companies no longer in existence that we named. I think you could point to that, that no, 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 no. We have the solution. We're the yeah. solution, right? They skipped over so many of the important parts. Like you're saying, Lee and I have been in the on the claims end for years mm-hmm. and mostly property. And if I can't count how many times I've been in conversations with um, insurance executives or even managers who are all the way up are everywhere uh, on time <laughs> and on cost, yeah. right? So it's five years ago, you make a pivot. I know that you probably didn't want to go to your investors and say, hey guys, great news. <laughs> <laughs> we're making a pivot yeah yeah I, it, it's a tough conversation and nationwide insurance our biggest investor and we were actually engaging folks over there on the drone stuff and we went to them and said hey look i know this could be a challenge and what what's your advice you know how do you guys feel about of course gave them the whole rundown of like the business and what we what we're seeing and it was just immediate support so the, the nationwide ventures folks brian anderson eric ross and the, and the rest of the team just didn't even miss a beat. You know, they, they were like, hey, if you think this is the right move for, for your business, then we support you. And if there's fallout with the business, like we'll all handle it together. That's fine. And quite frankly, like we got a little bit of pushback, but everyone like was very supportive at the end of the day. But they were they were they were just instantly supportive. And that that's a that was kind of the most you know significant example of that. I mean, quite frankly, the investors, we've had great investors and they've really kind of believed in us and said, you guys figure it out. We're, you're, you're the experts, and I'm grateful for that. So they haven't micromanaged us in any way, and and that is a pretty big change in decision, even in that case. So that was really helpful, I, and and that allowed us to really focus on the, the customer side of it, you know. And I think what we were looking at is seeing that we had stronger demand, but at the same time, we did have a lot of customers uh, on on the drone side, and we had the good fortune that the folks over at Drone Base now Zightview. They were servicing about, at that point, more than half of our drone flights and we're a great partner. And they wanted this, they said, hey, well, can we have the, can we buy the software from you and, and continue to service those customers? And I said, that'd be amazing. They're like, yeah, let's figure that out. And that's what we ended up doing. And, and in fact, even one of our employees transitioned over who, who um, was, was uh, responsible for the generation of the, the, uh, the, the reports off of the, the imagery. And, you know, and that worked out incredibly well. It's, it's amazing. Like an example of one of the customers on that end was EMC insurance and EMC is one of our other, like they invested multiple rounds in us. They've been an incredibly strong supporter. They're a great customer today. And I, I think, you know, we, we felt like it was the right thing to do. And it was great that everyone could have the right outcome. You know, it aligned with what, what drone based site view was trying to do, uh, allowed our customers to have a nice soft landing and, you know, I think it's just, it took a little bit of effort, but it was well worth it. Small mm-hmm. investment. Mm-hmm. So you embark on the new road, you take the fork in the road, and that's that's been about five years, right? That's and then right. what what starts to happen? Well, you know, we continue to build and build. And, and in fact, like in the very early days, we didn't have computer vision. We were dabbling, I'd say, more or less with computer vision technology. We knew we needed to build that and it needed to be really strong and it needed to outperform our human analysis. 
in the very early days, we were using offshore human analysis. So we were, we were actually focused really on serving folks on their uh, renewal book. So existing book and force, not new business, because they could wait for the data to come back. They could wait 24, 48 hours. And so, but, but that, was, that was kind of the, the intermediate step. The next step to that was, you know, as, as we built better and better tech, and then we hit a point, I think it was like in the beginning of 2020, where we did a full cutover because we were, we were, it was pretty clear that our computer, vi- our computer vision technology was outperforming our human workforce. And of course, then you also get the, the benefits of speed, right? Like the computer vision can work in a matter of seconds and it's more cost effective. There's a lot of R&D that goes into it, but operationalizing it on a, on a day-to-day basis, it's highly scalable. So then we just kind of went out and just kept, you know, improving the product, which was a combination of the computer vision, but also the adding more software features to help our customers with their workflow needs and growing existing accounts and and selling the new ones. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> it, it seems to me that the space that you're in, which I call, and probably incorrectly, underwriting technology, under technology-assisted underwriting products. Mm-hmm. something like that has a fairly competitive space. Yeah. How is it that you got, but I've watched you guys cause you know, Lee and I spend a lot of time in, in looking at the tech landscape in insurance. I've watched you guys continue to advance and grow and get bigger and more prominent and, and your name. What, what did you do? What was your, can you tell us what your secret sauce was that, that you think made you guys stand out? over the competition? That's a good question. I, I think the, I think it started with our, our DNA and then how we continued to build the team. You know, both it's, everyone's it was either like an incredibly strong technologist or really new, new insurance or, or both, but it was great. Like as we built on, we, we had people who were very good at what they did on a variety of different fronts, but also I, I think at least half our team has non, has, has significant PNC insurance experience. Then the other part of that is you have to stay focused. And so we always had the opportunity of going after other verticals. We had, we, we explored uh, some other ones like construction and um, real estate finance and real estate. There's, there's, uh, you know, government use cases. And I, and I think there are opportunities there, but we just felt like don't scale prematurely, you know? And, and I think now we're with Nearmap, they're, they're working in multiple verticals at scale you know, they're like 10 times the size of us or so, you know, we're kind of like, you know, scaling up very quickly in effect, but there, there's certainly other use cases that were identified that we could work into. But, and I think, I think that'll happen now, but it was important to us that we not try to do too much too, too early and concentrate all of our resources and all of our focus into the market we knew so well. And also where there's just so much opportunity. The impact that you can have on a company is super important and significant. And that's not to say that people that work in the claims end like ourselves can't also, but you guys help them make the decisions about, is this a risk that I should write or not? Right. I mean, ultimately, and, and those mistakes around that are real dollars. No, no, for sure. Like, by the way, like we do have folks have been using our platform for claims to kind of look back in history. And we, we also built a product to help speed recovery. You know, um, so what, what we found, I think I touched, I touched on a second ago, which was 
we have a lot of customers that are leveraging us not just for new business, but also for their enforced book. So we realize, hey, if you we know where all the locations are, if an, if a, a severe event does hit, we let's let's understand which properties were potentially impacted, and when there's imagery post event uh, of those properties, we can analyze those and, and use our same technology to under, to assess damage. But it was it was a it was a nice add on case to to underwriting and, and underwriting is clearly our core and where we started and where we have all of our traction today. I think we do think about like that whole insurance policy life cycle and, and folks like it was some of the interesting comments we got is folks talking about how we're bringing claims and, and underwriting together in a way that they hadn't before. Cause claims folks want to understand how the property was underwritten. What, what was it like at the time? And the underwriting folks want to get better based on actual losses that were, that, that resulted. So, We've also, you know, we've used claims data and we continue to explore ways to do this, you know, better and better, getting more and more data into the mix. But how do you understand like what losses actually occurred and what was the precondition of those properties so that when you're right, when, you, when you're, you're writing new business or even looking at your existing book, which properties are most uh, vulnerable? And, and that's like, that's a big, that's a big focus area, the vulnerability piece of understanding which properties are more susceptible to loss, especially in cases where you can do something about it. Right. Like wild, like wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. Predicting and preventing loss. And the, the predicting is one thing. Preventing, you know, it leads into a whole nother set of actions that need to occur. But I, I think that prevention has to start with being able to act like being able to compellingly predict what is leading to the loss. So you can say you need to educate the, the property owner. You know, insurance companies on their own are not going to prevent losses. They, they can predict them, though, and help. Their, their insureds understand the risks um, so that they can actually avoid those situations. Cause it's not good. You know, insurers obviously want to reduce, you know, their losses, but, but they, you know, the, the insureds don't want to have their homes burned down or have their businesses interrupted. That's bad. You know, it's, so it's bad yeah. for them as well. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's a, there's a real win-win out there. And that's, that's, I, this is my kind of my long way of answering. It, it did start with underwriting, but the, the, the reason why I've gotten more into claims is that, there's this whole policy life cycle yeah, the whole relationship cycle. that's so important that when you really want to get deep into the underwriting problem, you do need to bring claims into the loop. Interesting. So 2021, 2022, the bottom kind of drops out of a lot of the tech world. Valuations mm -hmm. change. Everything kind of goes crazy and haywire. And what used to be regular announcements that we would read about this company being sold or that company raising money slow down tremendously to a trickle. And then all of a sudden we see this news story about better view. Mm. Big news. <laughs> now, now part of the near map family we've had near map on before. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. Patrick Quigley. I don't know if he's still with us. Yeah, the absolutely. No, we know Patrick for, for many years. Yeah. And a uh, wonderful guy. In absolutely. fact, I'll go as far as saying a fan of our podcast. <laughs> and uh, he was really gracious. He was a great guest. And uh, anyways. Yeah, Patrick was a big driver of uh, the, you know, the, the near maps expansion into uh, North America. So, right. Um, yeah. Right. So that's, we've known him from, from very, like, you know, the earliest days of our relationship and, uh, and and so it's been interesting to kind of see them. You know, we watched them grow. They were pretty small at the time, and have really had a ton of success in growing the U.S. 
so tell us about, I mean, you must have had lots of people knocking at the door saying, hey, you know, we should explore this. So kind of tell us what you can about yeah. how this came about and, and why. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, when, when exits were plentiful and multiples were high, I mean, we were, we felt like we were just too early as a business. Like we really hadn't found our, you know, um, gotten our sea legs or, you know, really, really developed into like a sustainable long-term business. I think when you start developing a sustainable long-term business is when you're at or nearing uh, profitability. It, it was kind of the first time in our, you know, this in 2023 was the first time where I looked at it and said, oh my gosh, like we're default alive. Like we're on the path, we're, we're, we're uh, reaching in about, you know, uh, profitability. And, and in fact, like we were just, you know, you can say months. it. You can say it, David. You can say it. <laughs> no, it's, like, so, it's great so to watch you struggle. You know, these technology people, they, they don't get to say that very often. They're not yeah, sure how to yeah. say it. Or if it's I know. Okay. It's like, oh, we're all uncomfortable with that. <laughs> well, but, you know, but it's it's interesting, you know, because part of you can't get to like, pro, like you can get to profitable at a very low revenue number, but you probably can't grow very fast and, and develop a very interesting business. But we were kind of getting to this place where we were large enough and, and, and but while still being able to just really drive and invest heavily in R&D, but also have a really healthy business. And so anyway, it was like, I mean, look, in the past, like I, I, we, I've raised money multiple times over in the company's nine year history. And it was always we had to raise the money or you died. And like there were times where we got really close and, yeah. uh, you know, like dangerously close. But this 2023, it was like finally like we turned the corner. And, and, and I think that was exciting and it put us in a, in a good place on, on that front, but also you got to kind of think about what's next. Like, what do you do and where, why are we doing this in the first place? And right. um, the reason we're, we're here, I, I touched on it, like predict and prevent uh, losses. How do we actually improve outcomes and become a, you know, ubiquitous in PNC insurance and hopefully beyond one day. I think we, we felt like we were, we were we could drive a lot of impact. There's there's the situation where losses are are growing faster than premiums can reasonably grow, and so you know unfortunately, individuals and and businesses are actually seeing kind of diminishing coverage of, of their properties. There's the the you know premiums are going up, but but also the deductibles are going up, and more things are getting excluded, and it's because the business model is kind of breaking a bit. So. We felt like, you know, to really have that impact, it'd be best to pair up with somebody who also is focused on that, combine our joint resources. But here's the other thing, like we're, we're imagery dependent and we've worked with every imagery company that has any kind of scale in, in the US. There are a lot of, you know, great folks out there and, and, and good imagery, but Nearmaps is the best. They have the best coverage for this underwriting use case between, you know, the quality and the frequency of capture and, and the overall coverage area. It is the, the clearly the, the best combo, and they're also growing and, and be able to you know keep improving. They're making improvements um, all the time. So said so, you know better view runs best on uh, on near map. It's like uh, Mercedes runs best on mobile one. You know, and yeah. so <laughs> we you know it's like you can put other stuff in there, but uh, it, it, it's a it's a it's a clear like the alignment's clear. Like so the combo is incredibly powerful. So look, if we want to keep doing more of what we're doing, and and it, so it, you know, look, it's nice that we also generate a, a healthy outcome for all of our investors. But ultimately, the decision was just in like this is this is the way to to really drive maximal impact in this market. So what what is the what does the future look like with this? Is it 
is it going to be easier for you to do what you do today with this with this partnership with this you know being acquired by them is that is that what it's all about i mean your your press release talked about how that kind of four parts deeper analytics more efficiency things like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what what does the future look like uh being with nearmap yeah i think so a few things one of them is i talked about imagery you know this guarantees that all anyone who's using better view I'm thinking from that angle first, but like anyone's using better view is, is going to be using the, the, the imagery that, that can provide the best experience in better view. So that's guaranteed and that's permanent, right? Because we're all one and the same now, because this is a complete combination. The other, the other thing is just the certainty that it creates. If somebody, you know, are a lot of people are companies, I should say, are integrating uh, better view into their workflow and really depending on it. And so being able to have certainty that we're going to be able to continue to provide our service because we have that key input component of aerial imagery and the best stuff that's out there, that's helpful. Like we got folks that spend a lot of money and time and effort on integrating us into their workflow. And also a lot of customers that are considering doing that, but you know, to give them this, this level of certainty that it's going to be around uh, permanently, that's really helpful. And then if you think about just for both companies' perspective, I think about this Venn diagram of capabilities. There's aerial imagery, there's um, computer vision of the of the imagery, and then there's the software workflow kind of, you know, how do you, how do you make all this data useful uh, part? Nearmap exclusively had the aerial imagery. BetterView basically exclusively had the uh, software platform. They, they do have a map browser, but it's um, kind of more generalized. But it's in terms of this really deep PNC um, view of a property, and we both had uh, computer vision. So we were able to bring all this combo together on the computer vision side, the stuff that's overlapping, like we had different things we were doing. And so we're bringing all that expertise together, basically like able to combine our, our R and D resources to get even better output on the computer vision and, and, you know, more accurate and more and and telling you more things. That's great. I I do want to ask. So Rob was talking earlier about how there's a, a, a lot of players in the space and this is kind of in my mind, I'm sure there are more, but I'm thinking about three different uh, acquisitions where we're consolidating. And we had we had Hazard Hub being acquired mm-hmm. by Guidewire. LexisNexis uh, took FlyReel. Uh, you're going with Nearmap. Do we think that we're going to continue in the industry to see a consolidation of data companies uh, into others? What What is your thought there? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think so. It, it's can't predict what everyone else is going to do, but it does seem to be that there's an ongoing trend here. And look, I mean, like, and you've got Verisk and CoreLogic also have been making acquisitions for years as well, right? Oh, they've been making, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be more consolidation. It, it'll be interesting to see where where folks decide to play, where they partner. I mean, it's a really interesting dynamic of who, you know, where, where, where you choose to partner versus, you know, have your own capabilities. So what does the future hold for you guys? I mean, I'm some of it, of course, is unknown mm-hmm. and will will develop with time, but can you share with us anything that's on the, you know, the short-term roadmap about what, you know, what this opportunity is going to help you pursue or go after, or that you want to tell, or that you want to tell the industry that you're going to be knocking on their door and telling them. Yeah, no, I think it's look, we're first step one right now is is bring together 
the, the capabilities of both Nearmap and BetterView, and, and both companies have been on a tear on the R&D front in terms of yeah. the stuff we've been developing. You know, Nearmap, they're develop, they have a new camera system they're working to get out to market, I should say we. But I'll keep it as they for now so that we, uh, you know, talk about the distinction of the two. But it starts with the camera systems are a big part of it. And, and then how they're processing that imagery and both like for visual and non-visual um, renderings of the, of the imagery. And then on the computer vision side, I was talking, you know, both companies have been investing very heavily. And so bringing together all of the different, there, we have different things. We, we have some overlap, but we also have a lot of difference. Um, and then so having all that come together. For us, one of the things we were already working on, but this accelerates it, is having everything pre-processed. And so it allows us to do more interesting things and also address like homeowners quoting for straight through processing, that if you don't pre-process, it's a little, it's arguably too slow, especially for comparative raters. So those are those are a few of the opportunities. Um, another thing is that, you know, we're touching, touching on, has also been in the claims market with their, impact response imagery. And so impact response imagery has been helping a lot of customers. We have software that, that's able to leverage the imagery to, to um, especially when we have all the properties already loaded up in our system for monitoring on the underwriting uh, side. And so that, that comes together really nicely. You know, as, as we kind of continue to progress, we hear more and more stuff about folks wanting to understand more things around about the surrounding area which we touch on, but we don't do a lot of, uh, on it yet. So I, I think there's just a variety of areas where we can get more and more depth of information um, that's useful to PNC insurance and, and, and beyond, quite frankly, that now has, you know, things that were on our roadmap that were on your map's roadmap uh, that we can accelerate uh, deliver the market. I want to ask you before we go today about AI, which of course is, you know, maybe the big thing of 2023, 2022, mm-hmm. 2023, there's no shortage of news and information about AI. Is computer vision a synonym for AI or a function of AI? Yeah, it's like a subset of AI, right? So there's um, there's there's certainly computer vision, you've got large language models, um, there's natural language processing. There's, I'm sure I'm missing some other stuff. But, you know, these are all different categories of, of AI. We're, we're also using, you know, machine learning to build these risk models, right, to understand. So the, the kind of the short answer on that is we have all these things that we're able to determine in images. We have lost data. So when you look at the loss data, you say, what were the things that showed up that were, that were found in the imagery prior to the loss? There's high correlation to loss. So anyway, you know, the, the, the technology makes it easy, like easier to, to possible to, to do some of these things that weren't possible before. But I guess, you know, the thing that's obviously getting the biggest, um, the most attention these days is LLM with yeah. like ChatGPT and the like. And so we, we incorporated it into the BetterView interface. So when somebody's in there, we, we've done a lot of work around creating a rich interface around the data, um, high, you know, great interactions. Something pretty easy for us to do is just prompt uh, ChatGPT with a bunch of that information, and then let people ask questions of it. So that's kind of like a real that was that was something we were able to incorporate in a few weeks, and we put that in there, did it kind of in beta for customer, like select people, folks that wanted to test it out, and we've we've seen a lot of interest around that. I think what what gets more interesting is how do we start start thinking about solving some as we as we keep developing the product instead of having to build 
very specific capabilities around certain information problems? How do we let the the you know the LLM kind of tease this out and and kind of highlight things that we might not actually even be explicitly looking for? But I think the next step to that, the thing that that, that I, where I'd like to see things go, is how can LLMs help us around this predict and prevent, especially the prevent side. The biggest challenge, you know, when we talk to insurance carriers about predict and prevent, they are completely on board, understand that that's something that needs to happen. The prevent side is the is really hard though. So the reason it's hard because you start providing context and say, hey, here's a problem. What happens next? <laughs> <laughs> Who's it up to to do something about it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, right. And, and, and so, and it's mostly up to the insured in a lot of cases, but it, you know, so there's that whole other thing, like maybe we have this claim we didn't know about, but, but I think the bigger thing is um, they're afraid they're going to get inundated. And I don't think their fear is unfounded that they're going to get inundated with questions and, and maybe a negative response to saying, Hey, your, your roof's in bad shape. It's about to fail. Right. It's like, well, you know, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, just your, your house this is reality. This is what we know. And so it's really important how you actually convey that message. But then the second thing is you do need to then be responsive. Like if you're going to throw that out there, you've got to help the, and if, if it is on the insured to solve their, their problem and it's going to lead to a better outcome, that's wonderful. However, they need help in most, you know, in most cases. And so I think, I think one of the, the areas that I, I'm, I think the LLMs could be very helpful is in providing that, like providing more context, being like, hey, to, to help the insured understand the, the problem, the impact of the, pro- the potential impact of the problem, and then how, do, how they can go about resolving it. And so where manpowering that could be infeasible for a carrier, an LLM could step in if it's designed properly and it can, can properly perform and, and it can take the lead on that. So interesting that the use cases for it are just expanding exponentially. People are finding use cases like I would have never guessed that you guys have already used it and integrated it into your platform is is just an example of how wide ranging, how huge this is and also very exciting. So to finish the story that we started with, a couple of guys talking about drones and uh, roofs. Maybe a week in uh, uh, the Bahamas. Maybe a week in on a private island in Caribbean. What? I mean, you have like seventy-four children, don't you? Something like that, don't <laughs> only you? Four for, only four for now. Only four. O- only for, only four. four. You have a bunch of kids. Okay, yeah. which means that you have a wife who's pulling her hair out, right? And you're pulling your hair out. So the old question, like, you know, you just won the Super Bowl. And now what are you going to do? So now what are you going to do? You're going to have a little party. You're going to go away. You're going to have a little vacation. You can take a few days off. No, my, my wife does an amazing job. She works too. And, and um, we, uh, we've we got some great support. And then you just go into it. And they, they, I don't know, they keep things interesting. The kids do. There's a lot of activities. I don't remember this many activities growing up. But, and I think so it's, many it's only going to get worse because we have, we have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old and a 3-year-old and a 1-year-old. So 1-year-old doesn't even really have activities. But, you know, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But it's one reason why I moved to uh, Houston earlier this year to go back home to get our parents and, and my sister and to be able to help out because uh, they, and they've, been, they've been lovely. But um, now, look, the, the post-event celebration, we are – actually, I'm doing what I was planning to do in the first place, which is take them all – take the, the family ski. 
We love going to uh, Utah. I mean, four small children and taking up skiing, the amount of gear. Crazy. <laughs> that's insane. It's well, not because, possible. But I will say, like, it allows you to really pull away from work because you can't, like, take a conference call while you're trying to get a mountain. Right. So, um, well, in, in fairness, we can drop two of them off in daycare and then we get the other two out. So, but it's just like a great way for us to spend time as a family. And it really, we've been doing it for years, but it allows us just to unplug and, and face some interesting challenges, have fun, and everyone's exhausted at the end of the day. And then you just repeat it the next day and the next day. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We just had Jim Loveland on yesterday who lives in Utah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and we were, we were talking about skiing. So, yeah, go skiing. That's a great idea. I can't imagine it. Talk about herding cats. Four kids on skis sure. or snowboards. Sounds crazy. Well, the, the third one, I, I got the first two are, are excellent skiers now. They've, they've both spent well over 100 days, lifetime on the mountain. And, and so they've they got what they're doing. They're fun. Yeah. They're, and so now, look, think about, you know, it's a big investment on – my, my wife's in my part, and now I only have to do it with two more. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting, can, starting back from the beginning. It's almost hand me downs, hand me downs. But at least I know it. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's hilarious. We got bins and bins of clothes. <laughs> That's so great. Well, listen, um, we're thrilled for you and Dave and the whole team. Thank you. And wish you guys great success going forward and wanted to have you on to talk about it and to tell the story. And and it's a great story. It's a success story. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, we're all, I'm, I'm honored to be here and on the show and 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 uh to, to you know to to have been able to you know lead uh better view over these last nine years with Dave. We've uh, it's been a really fun journey. We've been supported by some amazing people and it's bittersweet that that part of it's over, but it the the thing that I'm so excited about is that you know, NearMap uh, just allows us, you know, teaming up with them allows us to keep doing more of the same with, with one, with, uh, and basically just, you know, grow our family. So we've already been interacting with the folks over there every day, a bunch, and, and uh, it's going incredibly well. Well, come back in a year or two and tell us some more. We'll do. We'll do. And we'll see you out on the circuit. See you soon. All right. Sounds good, guys. I love a good story. I Man, a good story is where it all starts. I love a pivot. I enjoy a good founder story with a nice pivot in between. <laughs> with a pivot on top. And That's most right. of them have a pivot. Most of them have Mo- a pivot. Most, and it's, most not, of them do. it's not a sign. It's not a admission of failure. A pivot is just a part of a story that gets us to where we are today. Right, right. Yeah. Great story. Great outcome. Great success. Thrilled for them uh, yes. and for the industry. They're doing great. They're killing it. Let's face it. And you heard what he said. I mean, profitability in the insure tech world is not something that you hear a lot about. Yeah. No, uh, it's a great conversation. Especially in a short time. So we thank both Davids and we congratulate both of them. And thanks, David, for being with us today and for you too. And happy new year to you. Happy new year. And until next time. Goodbye, everybody.